Yeah. So welcome back to everyone who's away for the summer, myself included, as we mentioned on Shabbos. It's really, uh, really wonderful to be back uh, learning together on, uh, on Sunday morning. But even though this is our, our first week, we already uh, find ourselves at the doorstep of the Yom Neroim. So I wanted to discuss a topic that relates to uh, Tkiah Shoifar. Even though I consider ourselves a relatively young Kehillah, um, at the same time, a uh, recurring Shaila in our times, and probably be more common as the technology continues to advance, is whether or not one could fulfill the myth of Tkiah Shoifar if you can only hear with the assistance of a hearing aid. And the sugya, as we'll see, really touches upon some of the fundamental uh, concepts as to what is the nature of the mitzvah of Tkiah Shoifar. The Mishnah tells us in Mishnah Rosh Hashanah, if a person blows Tkiah Shoifar into a pit, if he hears uh, the direct sound of the, of the Shoifar itself, from the Shoifar, then he's Yotze. But if he only hears the echo, then lo Yotze. It's not fulfilled the mitzvah of uh, Tkiah Shoifar, even though, as we'll see, he's blowing the Shoifar himself, he's not fulfilled the mitzvah of Tkiah Shoifar. What is the problem, what is the difference between the Kol Havara, uh, between hearing the echo, why is that inferior as opposed to hearing uh, the Kol of the Shoifar itself directly from the Shoifar? So the Bir Halacha cites the Taz, who's understood that the reason, the problem with the Kol Havara is that it's a weaker sound uh, than, uh, than the sound that comes directly from the Shoifar because it has to, uh, you know, travel or reverberate or bounce off the wall. And therefore, the Taz's opinion was that even a person who's passing by on the outside of the shul doesn't necessarily hear an echo, but the sound has to travel through the wall. So therefore, it's uh, a weaker sound. The opinion of the Taz was, he's not the Yoytze, the midst of Tkiah Shoifer. That's uh, the same as a Kol Havara. One could even perhaps argue if you're standing in the back of a large room, maybe you're not even a Yoytze, the, the mitzvah of uh, Tkiah Shoifer. It should be the equivalent of a Kol Havara. However, the Bi'alacha disagrees, and he argues even if a person is standing outside of the shul, if he hears the sound of the shoifer, even though it is weakened somewhat because it had to travel through the wall, he is still in fulfillment of the mitzvah of Tkiah Shoifer. He says, Lamaisa, you should try and be in the room. Let's be cheshish for the taz. That's what he says at the end. But he, uh, the Bi'alacha argues that the problem with the kohavara is that it is a kohmerurbav. The problem is you're not hearing it directly from the shoifer, the sound waves that travel from the shoifer and the baltakea, rather it's bouncing, it's reverberating off the wall. And because it comes indirectly and there's some, uh, something that occurs in between, so the sound can become distorted, it can become changed and confused. It's a kohma urbav, and therefore a person is not the say the mitzvah of uh, tkiah shoifer, if you hear uh, kol havara. What about with regards to other mitzvahs that involve uh, speaking or hearing? What about the mitzvah of mikra megillah or kriyas hatorah? Can a uh, person be yoyt if he only heard a kol havara, but not uh, the voice coming directly from the balkari? So Tzip Pesach Frank has in his Mikroi Kodesh, in his volume on the Yomim Neiroim, he quotes there from uh, Dayan Weissman, the Minchas Yitzchak, that this uh, rule of the Mishnah, Mishnah 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 Mishnah, applies across the board, not only to Tkiah Shoifer, but to any mitzvah that involves speaking and listening, Kriya Satara, Kriya Megillah, a person would not be yoyt if all he heard was the Kol Havara, the echo, and not uh, the Kol itself. However, T. Pesach Frank himself uh, quotes, quotes from the Munkach Rebbe also, the Minchas Elazar, and he himself disagrees, uh, and he has a raya from the Mishnah, from the, Gema, um, from the Mishnah, 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 that we began with. Because the Mishnah begins, you know, that a person has to hear the Shur directly from the Shoifer, for all he hears is the Kol Havar, the echo, he's not the Yoytzeh. 
But then the Mishnah continues. Person is passing behind the shul, and he hears the Kal Shaifer, Oi, Kal Megillah. He hears the Kriyasa Megillah, Im Kiven Liba Yatsam, like Kiven Lo Yatsa. If he has intention to be Yatsa, the mitzvah, he's Yatsa. If not, he is not Yatsa. So the safe of the Mishnah discusses not only Tkia Shaifer, but discusses Mikra Megillah. That implies, says the Tzipes Afrang, the Reisha of the Mishnah, the first clause of the Mishnah, was only discussing uh, Tkia Shaifer, does not relate to Mikra Megillah. So even though Kal Havara, Hearing an echo is not good enough for Tkiyah Shaifer. You have to hear it directly from the Shaifer itself. When it comes to Mikra Megillah, it comes to Kriya Satara, perhaps one could be Yaitzah the Mitzvah, even if all he hears is a Kol Havara. How could the Taz say that you're not Yaitzah? You're not if you pass behind the shul. Yeah, that's, uh, the Taz deals with all that. That's the nitty-gritty <laughs> of the Taz. The Mishnah discusses a person who's passing behind the shul, okay. and he hears it, so it should have been okay. That's the, the, the long discussion with regards to that Taz. You're right. You're right. You're right. Try and be in the room, though, but, but yeah, you're right. So that's the case with regards to the Kohavar, because many poets can hold the Mikra Megillah with a Kohavar, or Kriyasa Tair with a Kohavar. So Moshe argues in Igor's Moshe, and Roshon Mazalman quotes like this that he had a conversation in his Mikra Shlema that he had uh, understood from a conversation that he had with the Chazan Yish that one could be Yaitse uh, these mitzvahs as well if you heard it only over a microphone. Because uh, what's the problem with the Kohavara is that, uh, is that it's, uh, you're not hearing it directly from the Baltic hair from the Shaifer. It's first bouncing uh, off the wall, and then you hear it. It's not direct. However, Amosha argued in the Chazanish as well that uh, if a person hears it over a microphone, so he's hearing it directly. It didn't bounce off of anything else. He's hearing it directly from the Baltic hair. Uh, I'm sorry, from the uh, Balkare. And the Mikra Megillah, Kriya Satara, and therefore it could be Yaitse, uh, the, the mitzvah would be better uh, than a Kohavara. And if you could, a Kohavara is uh, valid for these mitzvahs, so then a microphone should be no worse. Rabbi Maisha writes, hedges in a later tshuva, that's in Chelek Aleph or Chelek Beis, if they go to in Chelek Dalit of Arachayim, Rabbi Maisha writes to a seminary that wanted, it was so large that they wanted to, could only hear the Mikra Megillah if they would use a microphone, or Moshe recommended that they shouldn't do it, and he said even B'Sha'as Adchak, B'Dyevet, they should not rely on uh, his tshuva with regards to the microphone. However, he claims, Mikra, I didn't want to be able to be able to create a terror, create a Megillah with a microphone, because it comes directly from the Baal uh, as opposed to the Kohavara, which uh, bounces off of something uh, in between. Why is, the, that, why, is that direct? why is it direct? Why? It's not bouncing off. Oh, get there. One second, one second. You're 100% right. We're the modern, the modern understanding of uh, electricity. So the Kajak lover, who was, of course, uh, succeeder of Meir Shapiro in the Yeshiva Schachmi Lublin, so he has in his Shuvas the Eretz Tzvi, that perhaps a person could be Yoytze Kol Shoifer as well. If you're going to make this argument that it's coming directly from the Balkare, and therefore, it's even better than a kohavar. Why can't it even be used for tkiya shoifer? What's the problem with a kohavar? Is that it's bouncing off? So it's not coming directly from the shoifer from the baltikeya. It's bouncing off something in between. And as the Mishnah Bura told us, it becomes a kol ma'urbov. It becomes distorted. A microphone presents you with the exact same uh, sound that was uh, coming out of the shoifer, coming out of the baltikeya. So therefore, the kosher glover claims that even perhaps with regards to the mitzvah of tkiya shoifer, one could be yitz if he hears it over a microphone. However. For Shlomo Zalman and Mincha Shlomo, and this is quoted by uh, most contemporary Paiskim, argued that, uh, that that's not the way a microphone works. A microphone doesn't amplify the original sound, like a megaphone. What a microphone does is it uh, converts the sound waves into some, uh, artificially, uh, some artificial electronic sound. 
but it is not the same as this. Uh, you're not hearing the same sound waves that came out of the out of the uh, shayf from the Baltakea. It's an artificially produced sound based on the energy and the waves uh, from the original sound. So therefore, Rav Shlomo Zalman claimed that uh, you cannot be say not Mikra Megillah, not Kriyas HaTayra, not Kiyas Shafer, because it bears no uh, similarity, in, not the original sound uh, at all. It's an entirely different, uh, entirely different sound. And Rav Shlomo Zalman goes so far as to say, uh, humbly, that anybody who disagrees with him doesn't do so because they disagree in Halacha, it's because they're not familiar with the Metzias and they don't understand it. So that's, uh, that was a Shomo Zalman's uh, argument, and most contemporary Paiskim uh, are sympathetic uh, to or side with the Shomo Zalman here that a, a microphone is even worse uh, than Hakel uh, Havara. If that's the case, and Shomo Zalman continues that a person who has a hearing aid, which is really just a miniature microphone in your ear uh, to amplify uh, the sound, and even uh, some thought cochlear implants might, uh, might be uh, better with regards to this, but most contemporary parties can assume that they're not, it's, even though it operates in a different way. So it would be the same as a... It operates a different way, but it's still, you're not hearing the same sound waves. It takes it and converts it to something else. It triggers a different... Uh, there's a big tumult in the play scheme. That is the conclusion of almost everyone. Cochlear implants operate the same way, a different way, but you're still not hearing the same sound waves. It takes the energy and converts it to something else. So therefore, if a person wants to be used to these mitzvahs, he should, uh, you know, remove the hearing aid. But before he's going to hear Tkiyah uh, Shafer, Kriyas HaMegillah, or even Kriyas HaTayra, uh, if he can, you know, if uh, if he can hear somewhat without the hearing aid, yeah. You mentioned the megaphone. Megaphone is okay. Megaphone is just amplifying the sound. Yeah, it's like going like this. Right. It's uh, <laughs> different, yeah. So the problem is, so then every time a person gets an aliyah who has a hearing aid, he'd have to remove his uh, his hearing aid. What a bar mitzvah who has trouble hearing. So Rav Sternbach argues in the Chuvas Van Hagis that perhaps Kriya Satera is different. The whole purpose of Kriya Satera is in order to learn together as a tzibor. It's not necessarily an Indian or uh, it's not necessarily uh, axiomatic that a person has to hear the sound that's emanating from the voice of the Balkare. It's not like Mikra Megillah or Tkiya Shafer, we have to hear the sound that's coming from the Balkare, hear the sound that's coming from the Tkiya Shafer. It's that we're learning together on a communal level. So even if the sound is artificially reproduced by the microphone, uh, so it might, uh, that might be uh, sufficient. And therefore, Sternbach argues in the Chubas Van Hagis that one doesn't have to necessarily remove his hearing aid for Kriya Satera, or if he's a Bachar Bar Mitzvah who can only uh, hear with the assistance of a hearing aid, will be able to have his, uh, his day in shul. On yeah. a cochlear implant, this is the way the person hears. He's, his hearing is through a cochlear implant. So it takes the sound waves. I, I'll but give you an article about it. It takes the sound waves and, and excites a different part of the ear, and it, it's an artificially reproduced sound. Is. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. I, I'll give you the research about it. But the sound just bounces off a wall. Yeah. Also, it's distorted. <laughs> Correct. So a microphone is not distorted. So many felt a microphone should be better than a kohavar, maybe even for the Kiyosh Shafer. And Roshama Zaman is arguing a microphone is just an artificially produced sound based on the energy of the sound waves. Yeah, but so, so it has nothing, nothing to do with the original sound. Yeah. I think what Rebar is really getting at is <clears throat> if I get a heart transplant, and I have a new heart. Yeah. So can I say it's a fake heart? Can I say it's not my real uh, of heart? Of course, it's my heart. If you got an ear what transplant, there would be such a thing. No, no, no. But it's not the sound. You're not <laughs> hearing the sound. There's a little electronic device which which produces a sound. Doesn't work the same way as a microphone, but there's a device that's producing a sound that you're not hearing the original sound. You're right. If I would get, get like a bionic ear and I'd be able to hear uh, sounds from far away, yeah, you could be used to Kiyoshai that way. It's implanted. That's your hearing. 
your assumption is that a cochlear implant functions like... It's not. It, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. What about with regards to other mitzvahs? This is Kiyah Shaifer, Kriyas Atayra, Kriyas Megillah. Many hold it the best uh, to remove the uh, hearing aid because it's just an electronically produced sound. What about... Kriyas Atayra might be different. Yeah. So we would for sure say, according to that, the Chazar Sashat, things like that, are... Worldly. Yes, but there's no obligation necessarily. Oh, so what about with regards to Kiddush or Havdala, <coughs> that I can only hear, I, I, what, what telephone? I'm standing right next to you, but I can only hear you because of the hearing aid. So then can I be yoy to the, uh, can I be yoy to the mitzvah in, uh, in such a fashion if I only am able to hear it with the assistance of the, of the hearing aid? So do I have to hear the bracha? Uh, in order to be to be yoytze. So the Gemara says in Masech the Sukkah that there was a large shul in Alexandria and Mitzrayim, which is a topic we discussed uh, in another context, a large shul in Alexandria and Mitzrayim that had keflayim kiyotze Mitzrayim, such a popular shul, there were twice as uh, many uh, Jews there that uh, as left Mitzrayim. So, but no one, not everybody was going to be able to hear the brachis from the, or the davening from the, from the Baal So they had a system of raising different flags to know when to Amen. signal the, the Olam to answer Amen. And the Gemara seems to assume that that was, uh, that, that was fine, that that practice was, uh, was, uh, was not, there was no objection to that practice. So Taisus though raises the problem because the Gemara tells us in the brachis, the one is not allowed to answer an amen yesoma, <coughs> an orphaned amen. What is an orphaned amen? It's a disjointed amen. A person makes a bracha, ten minutes later I answer amen. That's the problem some you know, of our mitzvah about Kriya has. You know, it's amen, it's part of his uh, whole thing. That's an amen yesoma if it comes way after the bracha of the person who received the aliyah. It has to be uh, said in conjunction uh, with the bracha. So you have to hear the bracha, then answer amen. So ask Titus, how could the Eilam, uh, they saw the flag and answered amen, uh, how could they do so? Wasn't that a problem with Amen Yisoyma? They didn't hear the bracha and then respond, Amen, they just saw a flag. So Taisus explains that, no, as long as you recited Amen immediately after the bracha was said, that's okay. But it is a problem, that's only uh, okay if you're not intending to be Yaitse, uh, some obligation that you have with the bracha of the person that you're listening to. But if you need to be Yaitse Yechiyuv, by listening to, uh, by, through this bracha, then you actually have to hear the bracha uh, in order to answer Amen and be Yotzi Yerchiv. Taisus writes, Mefarish B'Shem Rabbanan, Debenei Marava, Shal Mishu Chayiv Bracha Ka'omar. That's when an Amen Yisayma uh, would be a problem, a disjointed Amen would be a problem, you have to hear the bracha uh, in order to answer Amen, as if you want to be Yotzi Sam Chiv, Ubaniyasa, Amen, Rotsa Lotsa Sidei Chavasa, Tzar Shiyishma V'achakach Yana Amen. Voyana Amen Yisayma. He can't answer a disjointed uh, that was only something they didn't need to be that was they wanted to answer Amen so it's not a problem of a disjointed Amen if I'm not trying to be, you know, fulfill some sort of obligation but if I need to fulfill an obligation then I have to hear the bracha itself and then uh, answer Amen they don't hear anything they have the Rebbe Davids they don't hear the Rebbe we, I don't necessarily have an obligation to hear Chazar Sashat. The Tzibar has an obligation to hear Chazar Sashat. So as long as 10 people can hear, as long as 10 people, I might have an obligation to be part of the Tzibar. I shouldn't dive in some, you know, by myself. But once I'm part of a Tzibar, and there's a Tzibar who's hearing the Chazar Sashat, 10 people can hear him, it should be all right. Let's say about the following situation, similar situation to your, uh, to your predicament. What about we're at a wedding? 
and they're going to recite to the brachas underneath the chuppah. So to Machlekes Rishonim, whether those brachas are birchas ha-mitzvah, incumbent upon the chassan and kala who are getting married, or uh, those brachas are incumbent upon the tzibur, it's a birchas shevach vaido, we are all obligated to recite to thank the Kaddish Baruch for the institution of marriage. So whose obligation is it? The chassan, the kala, everyone, might be unclear how we pass, we probably are chayshish for both opinions. So the guy's going to come up to make the bracha, Masada Kiddushin, whoever's making the bracha, and he's going to use a microphone. So we might all have to be a uh, yoytze, you know, have an obligation here that we have to be yoytze. Certainly the chassan and kala do. So they're only hearing the bracha. They're not hearing the bracha itself. They're hearing it through a microphone. That's the same as not hearing the bracha, as Shoma Zalman told them. Same as not hearing the bracha at all. And uh, someone's just waving a flag. Answer amen. That's an amen yisami. You cannot be, uh, fulfill your obligation by hearing it in, the, on, in such a situation. So the, the microphone should have presented a problem. So those, those who argue that, no, you could have heard uh, the bracha without the assistance of the microphone. So you're hearing both things at the same time. You're hearing the microphone, uh, the tzibur and the chassan and kala hearing the microphone, but they're also, if they're standing so close to the person making the bracha, they could hear the person's voice itself. The problem is that the Gemara tells us in Mesechtis Rosh Hashanah that shtei atrei kali mimish samoy. The Mishnah says Mesechtis Rosh Hashanah together with the Tia Shoifer and the Beis Hamikdash, they blew as well chatzaytzeris. So the Gemara, the, Mishnah, the Gemara asks in the Mishnah, how could they have blown chatzaytzeris together with Tia Shoifer? You, you can't discern the call of the Shoifer because you have together with it so Trey Kali, Mimishtamoy, can you hear two things at the same time? That was an ace that took place one time in history at the time of uh, Maimon Arsina, of Nasav and Ishma, when Emmer Badibarecha, something that the mouth can't say and the ear can't hear. That was a unique uh, nace that took place at that time. So, but tr- generally speaking, you can't uh, hear two things at once. Trey Kali, Mimishtamoy. So there the Gemara resolves, Kevin the Chaviv Yehav Daitavishoma, since he is uh, intending, he's concentrating on the call of the Tkia Shoifer and ignoring the Chatzaitzers. He can isolate the sound of Tkiyah Shoifer and therefore be yoytze his mitzvah and remove the sound and ignore the sound of the Chatzaitzers. So here too, one could have argued, if the Chatzan and Kala would be aware of this issue, and then no, no one is, but if they're aware of the issue, they could uh, concentrate on the voice of the person making the bracha and ignore the microphone, and that would isolate that call, and then perhaps they could be yoytze uh, their mitzvah, even though they're hearing the sound of the microphone as well. I'm not sure you can even hear. He might be so drowned out by the microphone they can't even hear it at all. And then if Sturbach argues in the Chubas Van Hoges that that is true, when does the Gemara present this principle? If I'm concentrating on one sound, I can isolate it from uh, you know, two sounds and I can be uh, yoitz in my obligation that way. That's if the two sounds are different. I have chatzotzer sounded one way, that was trumpets, and a shofar is a ram's horn. Those are two different sounds, so I can iso- concentrate on one and isolate it. However, here you're hearing the voice of the person making the bracha together with the microphone. They're all the same voice. How can you possibly concentrate on one and ignore the other? So therefore, uh, many, uh, some Paiskim are opposed to using microphones at weddings, and they'll rather uh, move the microphone a little bit away or not use it at all, so that ten people, and at least the Chassan and Kala, are really hearing primarily uh, their voice and not, uh, not the sound from the microphone. I think the Eilam, the Minika Eilam, clearly is to use microphones at weddings, and I would assume that they're operating based on the uh, presumption of Rav Moshe and the Chazinish that one can fulfill Mikra Megillah, one can fulfill Kriya Satira, uh, by hearing it over a microphone, because that is hearing the sound directly from uh, the person who's making the bracha, directly from the shayfa, directly from the balkare, because it's not uh, bouncing off anything in the interim, and it doesn't become distorted uh, or confused. 
However, since most contemporary Paiskim accept of Shomu Zalman's argument that this is not even, uh, this is certainly not better than a Kalavara, it's worse than a Kalavara, because it's an electronically produced sound and uh, bears no resemblance uh, to the original sound, so then uh, by a wedding as well, it should be, uh, it should be, it sh- it should be a problem. Therefore, uh, Rosh Hashanah and most contemporary poets can disagree with Rav Moshe as a tshuva that a person could be Yaitse Kiddush or Avdallah if he hears it over the telephone. There's a shayla about women reciting Avdallah, so Rav Moshe says, let her hear it from a man over the telephone. So that's based on Rav Moshe's assumption that you could be, that a microphone is like hearing it from the person themselves. It's better than a Kalavar, Mikra Megillah, and other uh, situations. And therefore, Rav Moshe said, you don't even have to be there, you could hear it over the telephone as well. And Shlomo Zalman uh, disagrees uh, in general that that uh, is not the same sound that came out of the person who's making the bracha from the shefer from the balkare. And uh, therefore, if you answer Amen, it's, uh, it's an Amen Yisraeli. You're not really hearing the bracha itself. You cannot be Yotzei Achiyuv, an obligation, by hearing a bracha over a microphone. And Rosh Hashanah says, certainly, if you're not even there, that's not even the case of the Gemara Masech Sukkah. At least they were in the room and they saw the flag. Here the guy is somewhere else and he's hearing it on the phone. Rosh Hashanah rejects Rosh Hashanah entirely. But then it should emerge, at least according to Shlomo Zalman, even if you're standing in the same room and you can only hear with the assistance of a hearing aid, it sounds like ideally you should remove your hearing aid for Kiddush, for Abdullah, any time that you're going to hear a bracha from uh, somebody else. Not a bracha that you're reciting, but a bracha from somebody else. Uh, then, uh, then you need to be yotze your chiv with hearing the bracha and you're going to be, but, uh, recite Amen. You should uh, ideally hear it uh, directly. The merchants of Nish knew that telephone was not the same sound. So they, they did not know. They did not understand. Telephone have the same sound. They did not understand <laughs> that word. I don't want to get involved in das Torah questions about uh, these type of issues. But Shlomo Zalman is uh, there are many areas of electricity where it's machlek simitzias, and Shlomo Zalman is usually uh, it no, correct. It. But have to do with the people explaining it. Yeah, but Shlomo Zalman lived in a delayed kufa. No, but but you, no one could think a phone is the same voice. I mean, I, I, people thought there was fire in the wires at the beginning of the discussion of electricity. That's why they used it on Yontif and not on Shabbos. I mean, I mean, it's a, this is a whole. And so, l'chatchila chasim shmeikdom bracha. No, we don't want to be. Says in the mafarsh moshalchanor, why doesn't the chasim make his own bracha? It says chayiv kadesh lo levayish. We don't uh, do it in order not to be embarrassed otherwise. So let's say a person though can really only hear uh, with the assistance of a hearing aid. He can't hear without it. So he said, yeah, take it out. If you can hear without it, so great, you, that's what you should do by Tkiyah Shaifer. What if he can't hear without it? So is there anything that he can do? What if he would blow the Shaifer himself? So the Rosh writes in Misechlis uh, Rosh Hashanah, quotes from the Rabbeinu Tam, that the Nusach of the Bracha of Tkiyah Shaifer is Al Tkiyah Shaifer, on the blowing of the Shaifer. And the Rav Yon, the Baal Halachas Gedalus, disagreed that that is not the uh, Nusach of the Bracha we should use. The Nusach of the Bracha is Lishmoya Bekal Shoifer, to hear the sound of the Shoifer, because the mitzvah, he says explicitly, Yechein Kosov HaBahag, in the second line, Hadu Mavarchim L'Shmoya Bekal Shoifer, L'Mavarchim L'Tkoya B'Shoifer, or Al Tkiya Shoifer, make the bracha on hearing, not on blowing, Kamo Al Mikra Megillah, even though by Mikra Megillah it's Al Kriya, Al Kriyas, Al Mikra Megillah, that's not the bracha we make by Tkiya Shoifer, Mishum De B'Shmiya, it's called Shoifer, who yaitz of Elobet Tkiya Shoifer. You yaitz it by hearing the sound of the Shoifer, not by blowing. And his raya is, from the person who blows into a pit, that he himself blew, but if he doesn't hear the sound of the shofar directly, all he hears is the kohavara, he's not Yotze. And the Rambam agrees with the opinion of the Baal Halachas Gedalus and with the Rav Yah. The Rambam writes as well that the Nusach of the Bracha we should use is Lishmaya Kol Shofar, and he states explicitly in the Tshuva, Ki ha-mitzvah hi ha-shmiya v'loi ha 
the mitzvah is hearing and not blowing. The Ramah says if the mitzvah was to blow, we should all have to blow on our own. Like we all take lulav, we all sit in sukkah on our own. We should all have to blow on our own. And from the fact that we don't, but you have to be somebody else, that's a right that the mitzvah is hearing, not blowing. The Rambam echoes this position as well, no, no pun, but the Rambam uh, echoes this position in uh, Hilchus uh, Shoifer, where the Rambam writes that a person who uh, only hurt Kiyah Shoifer with a stolen Shoifer is Yaitzi the Mitzvah. Even though the Shoifer is stolen, why? Because the Mitzvah should have been uh, ostensibly a Mitzvah above Avera, he was only able to perform the Mitzvah because he uh, first violated Lois Signov in stealing the Shoifer, the rabbi writes, because the mitzvah is not in blowing the shayfar, sheina mitzvah b'shmiyas hakol. What is the mitzvah? Hearing the sound, and ain bukol, the engazel, the sound uh, cannot be stolen. Hagai Sashri disagrees, and he argues, which is perhaps the uh, intuitive approach, and that is if a person steals a shayfar, it's class, should have been a classical mitzvah b'bavera, but the Rambam argues, since the mitzvah is to hear the tkiyah shayfar, not to blow, it's not considered to be a mitzvah b'bavera. And this is, in fact, how we paskin in Shulchan Arach, that what is the nusach of the bracha that we use is l'shmayah, Bekal Shaifar. So that implies that the mitzvah is hearing the Shaifar. So in which case, uh, of the person who can't hear without the assistance of a hearing aid would blow Shaifar for himself, he'd be no different than the person who's blowing into a pit, that all he hears is the Kal Havara, and it shouldn't really, uh, he should not be, I'd say, uh, the mitzvah of Tkiyah of, uh, Shaifar. However, what's interesting is the Mishnah Brura writes, the Nusach HaBracha, we should use the Lishmah Bekal Shaifar, but then the Mishnah Brura says, Ubedi Eved and Birech Litzkaya B'Shaifar. Or Altkiya Shaifar, or Lishmah Bakal Shaifar, he makes the bracha on blowing, not on hearing, he's Yaitse. Not Yaitse Tkiya Shaifar, he could be Yaitse without making any bracha at all. What he means is he's fulfilled the, the mitzvah midrabanan of making a birchsa mitzvah, making a bracha before Tkiya Shaifar. So how could it be? If we hold that the, the mitzvah is hearing the Shaifar, not blowing the Shaifar, and that's why we make Lishmah Bakal Shaifar, why you Yaitse be the Yevid even if you make the bracha on blowing the Shaifar, not on hearing the Shaifar? So perhaps that uh, indicates that there's more going on here than just uh, hearing the shayfar. And in fact, the Shagas has in the tshuva, the Simen Vav, where he uh, asks on uh, the accepted psak in the Shulchan Aruch that the mitzvah is to hear the tkiyah shayfar, and that's why we make the bracha of the Shema from a mission of Mesechlis Rosh Hashanah. The mitzvah tells us that if a cheyre shayt of a cut and blow tkiyah shayfar, and that's what you hear, you're not yoy to the mitzvah of tkiyah shayfar. So yes, why not? What's the mitzvah to blow or the mitzvah is to hear? The mitzvah is to hear. So I heard it, Kiyah Shaifar. I don't have to, so the Mishnah says, you're not Yaitz with the Kiyah Shaifar because of the general rule, I can't hear Kiddush from somebody who's not Chayv in Kiddush because uh, he's not Chayv. How could he be Mighty Me? But here, the mitzvah is not to blow, says the Shagasaya. The mitzvah is to hear. So what difference does it make where the sound came from? Or the Shagasaya cites a Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah a few blocks later, Hamisasik Lo If a person is, uh, you know, just walking along the street, uh, literally tooting his own horn, and he's not paying attention to the, to the fact that it's a Shaifer and happens to be Rosh Hashanah, or he's Shemeamina Misasik, he hears a person who just happens to be, blow, you know, walking down the street blowing a Shaifer and not uh, paying any attention to the fact that it's a Shaifer and it's Rosh Hashanah, he's not Yaitse. Why not, there's a Shagasaya? What difference does it make what the person who's blowing it has in mind? Uh, if the mitzvah is to hear, it's Kiyah Shaifar, the Maisa, I heard a, a call that was coming from a Shaifar. So the Svasemes writes in his comments on the Gemara, Mesechus Rosh Hashanah, that is because, no, I'm the Shabshat a little bit, that it's because if it comes from a Kiyah Shaifar, or a person who's not thinking about Kiyah Shaifar, it's not a Kol Shaifar. Kol Shaifar, in order to create Kol Shaifar, means you heard it from somebody who's having the Kiyah Shaifar and thinking actively about Kiyah Shaifar. So it's not a Chafzah, it's not a, an item, an object of Kiyah Shaifar, because you weren't thinking about Shaifar and it wasn't coming from somebody who's having the Kiyah Shaifar. You could have said the Svasemis is Pshat, however, it doesn't seem 
Uh, it doesn't seem to solve all of the problems. Why? He's not thinking about Shaifer, right? So it's not, it's a, not called a cold Shaifer. However, the answer to the Shaisemis doesn't seem to solve all of the problems. Because that later, Achreinim asked that there's a Gemara Mesechlis Rosh Hashanah that tells us if a person has in mind Kia Shaifer, but I don't have in mind to be Moitzi Yenim, this guy, so even though he has in mind to be Yoitzi, I say, I, I despise him. So I don't I mean, have in mind to be Moitzi everybody, but not this guy. Him, I hate. I'm not, I don't have a mind to be yoytze him. Right to him. He's not yoytze. He's not yoytze. He shouldn't be the Baltikei. Okay, we have seen him. But he's, uh, he's, he's not yoytze. Unless I have a mind to be mighty him and he has a mind to be yoytze, then uh, I can be mighty him. But if he, even if I have a mind to be mighty him, but he, uh, even, if, even if he has a mind to be yoytze, he's a Kiyoshoifer. And I'm blowing for everybody else. So I have in mind Kiyoshoifer as well. It's a cheft of Kol Shoifer. It is the sound of a shofar for the mitzvah of shofar, but I don't have a mind to be uh, motzi him. He's not yotzi. Why? The mitzvah is to hear kiyah shofar. I heard a shofar. Why should it be no good? So in the sefer, um, in the minchas chinuch, as well as uh, one of the classical achreinim on the mesefes rosh hashanah, the yom trua from the seventeenth century, Ramosha ibn Khabib, the same author as the kapoys tomorrow in mesefes sukkah, they both conclude from here that there's two components to the mitzvah of shofar. There's a there's a chiyuv. To blow shayfar, and a secondary chiyuv, uh, or or perhaps a primary chiyuv is to hear shayfar, but a secondary chiyuv uh, to blow shayfar, you really need both. And when the Mishnah told us in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, the person who blows shayfar into a pit, and all he hears is not the kol shayfar, he hears the echo. He's not yaitz. It means he's not yaitz in the mitzvah bishlei musa, the full mitzvah, but a partial mitzvah he does have. So in which case it would make sense that a person uh, to argue that a person who can only hear with the assistance of a hearing aid. At all, even if you take out the hearing aid, if you take out the hearing, you won't be able to hear anything at all, or you won't be able to hear the shayfar. I don't know—is that possible? If all it does is amplify sound, so you should be able to hear something. If you have no hearing at all, the so hearing aid won't help you. Okay, so if he can't hear without it, maybe then he should go home after davening and blow shayfar himself, and maybe we'll get a partial fulfillment of the mitzvah of kiyah Is it everybody blow shayfar on their own then? No, you be right if you hear from other people. Saying the Hebrew everybody should vote for themselves. That's what should have been based on the argument of the Menchaschinach and the Yom Trua that there's two components of the mitzvah of Tkia Shaifer. However, Rab Chaim has a slightly different understanding which would uh, yield a different conclusion. Rab Chaim understood, answered all the kashas of the Shagis Arya and you know, the, the later Achrena, <coughs> that no, there are two components here, but it's not two uh, separate mitzvahs that coexist. Rather, they share some sort of mutual relationship, they're intertwined. And that is, Abraham explained that, uh, generally speaking, is whenever you perform a mitzvah, there's two parts. There's a maisa mitzvah, the act that you perform, and the kiyuma mitzvah, that which uh, is the actual fulfillment of the mitzvah. And usually they come simultaneously. A person takes lulav, that's the action. What's the kiyuma mitzvah? Taking lulav. A person eats matzah, that's the action. What's the kiyuma mitzvah? Eating matzah. Or sitting in sukkah. The action is sitting in the sukkah. The kiyuma mitzvah is sitting in the sukkah. However, there are some mitzvahs where the two uh, do not come simultaneously or from the same, they don't one flow, flow necessarily from the other. For example, there's a mitzvah of simcha and yamtif, v'samachta b'chagecha. So the Gemara tells us in the Sechtas Pesach, how do you fulfill the mitzvah v'samachta b'chagecha? At the time, you have to have the b'sar, karbonas, the b'sar, uh, shalmi uh, simcha. You have to eat from the b'sar, karbonas, to be yoytze, the mitzvah of simcha uh, yamtif. So therefore, Torah writes in the Sechtas Mo'yed our mitzvah of simcha, siyamtif, nowadays is only midrabanan. We don't have besara karbanis. They're essential. You can't fulfill the mitzvah without it. The Rambam in Hilchas Yamtif is well known. The Rambam's opinion is simcha, siyamtif, even nowadays is midraisa. 
How do you fulfill it, man, with other meat and wine? Not Pesach Kabbonis, obviously, though. I know Pesach Kabbonis. And women, you buy them clothing, and children, with, uh, you buy them toys. Whatever makes you happy, that's how you fulfill the mitzvah of Sinchas Yantav. How could it be? The Gemara says that in the times of the Gemara, you need Besar HaKarbonus in order to fulfill the mitzvah. How could it be yoy to the mitzvah, that same mitzvah midaris, and now with other objects, with other items, men with what makes them happy, children with what makes them happy. So Parab Chaim explained that for the Rambam, the mitzvah of Simchas Yamtav is not linked uh, to any one, or uh, not to bound by any one action per se. The Maisa mitzvah is not the same as the Kiyomah mitzvah. The Maisa mitzvah is, let's say, eating Besar HaKarbonus. But the Kiyomah mitzvah is... Uh, the experience of being happy on Yom Tov, or being besimcha on Yom Tov. So if you can uh, have a sarkabonis and generate that uh, experience, that's ideal. But even if you don't have it, if you could generate that same uh, euphoric experience of being besimcha on Yom Tov through some other means, like uh, meat and wine, or buying dresses, or buying toys, so then you can still be in fulfillment of the mitzvah midday rites. So similarly over here as well, Reb Chaim argued that with regards to Tkiyah Shreifah, the Maisa HaMitzvah is uh, blowing the Shreifah, but the Kiyum HaMitzvah is, uh, is hearing the Tkiyah Shoifer. The two don't necessarily come to, uh, together. It's not the same. It's more like Simchas, simchas Yamtev. So therefore, according to that explanation, if you understood like Reb Chaim, that the two really uh, are not two independent notions that coexist, but they're intertwined, they're in the relationship one with the other, one is the Maisa Mitzvah, one is the Kiyomah Mitzvah, then even if a person, let's say, who can't hear without the assistance of a hearing aid, he can't hear at all, will blow Tkiyah Shoifer, he will be perform the Maisa Mitzvah, but he will have no Kiyomah Mitzvah at all. Not even a partial Kiyomah Mitzvah, because the Kiyomah Mitzvah is, uh, is, uh, is hearing the Tkiyah Shoifer. Either way, I believe that these two, or whether they're two independent principles, or there's a relationship between the two, these two ideas, blowing the Shoifer and hearing the Shoifer, both which play some role in the Mitzvah, really represent two things we need to be thinking about at the time of Tkiyah Shoifer. Because really, the Shoifer serves two roles. On the one hand, the Shoifer comes to remind the Rebani Shalom of Akedas Yitzchak, and it's a kind of a tefillah to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's apparent for many, uh, for many different sugyas in Masech Rosh Hashanah, it's a tefillah to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, perhaps once we've run out of uh, text, we've run out of things to say, it's a primal scream to the Rebani Shalalem uh, for assistance, but it's a tefillah to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so on the one hand, it's a kind of speaking to the Rebani Shalalem, the mitzvah is the blowing of the shayfar, calling out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but at the same time, the Ramam tells us in Hilchas Shuva, that Tkiyah uh, Shoifer is a remez yeshboi. The Tkiyah Shoifer comes to uh, alert us, to awaken us uh, to the process of tshuva. Of uri yeshenim yeshen aschem, hekitsu niyodama And that is primarily uh, fulfilled by hearing the Shoifer. So as we go about the mitzvah of Tkiyah Shoifer, keep in mind, it's important to keep in mind these two themes. First of all, here, blowing the Shoifer, we're calling out to the Rebbe Shalom, but at the same time, the Shoifer is speaking to us to wake us up to perform the process of tshuva. Okay.